Welcome to The Green Room, a space where leaders from the Austin Stone invite college students to have vulnerable conversations about relevant topics. What's up, guys? My name is MJ, and I'm the host of The Green Room. In today's episode, Tyler and I sit down with Scott Heckman, the executive pastor for the downtown congregation of the Austin Stone. You're going to hear about our funny experiences in real green rooms, and you're going to hear about Scott's wins and losses when it comes to trying to remember people's names in the lobby. We also share some stories about our self-doubts as church leaders and talk about the why behind this podcast. We hope this time encourages you to lean into the grace of Jesus and have more vulnerable conversations in your own life. Enjoy. Do you have any good stories? From the green room? Or any green room. Ooh, any green room. Or any type of backstage yep. environment. I mean, I've I was VIP for Childish Gambino uh, for ACL. So are you serious? I wasn't necessarily in a green room, but oh. You are so no, cool. I wasn't cool before. But uh, is this before This Is America? Or after? Oh, after. Oh, yeah. After. This was this past ACL. It was his last concert okay. as Childish Gambino. Wow. Whoa. And uh yeah. He performed. I got to stand right under the little stage that kind of came up from the ground with oh, the smoke man. and everything. It was incredible. So that's not the type of green room that we're talking no. about. Yeah. Uh, that's not the type of VIP or whatever we're <laughs> talking about. conversations with Childish Gambino. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just I don't remember actual instances about being in a green room, but I remember, like, talking to you before, mm-hmm. like, a sermon or after a sermon, <laughs> yeah. and he just being like, man, I don't know if yep. that hit anybody. Yep. I mm-hmm. don't know if that impacted anybody. And uh, especially, I mean, when we were ending, like, oh, coming bro. to the close of the 7 p.m. service. Oh, bro. Like, when we were on the back end of that, you were just like, man, I don't really know if this is going to work out. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a nice way to put it. I yeah. think I was more like, that did nothing. I'm going to go eat some ice cream and <laughs> eat my feelings. Because so I, that, that's the interesting thing about that place. It's like that that getting done with, like, trying to serve people, mm-hmm. but you're in that emptiness of, like, I have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. Because for everyone else, it was just like a— hour chunk of their week, then they can move on. Yeah. But for you, you're like, that was my whole week was leading to this moment. Yeah. And I had that one moment that I thought people would think was hype. And then everyone's like, womp, womp. Like, mm. I, I mean, that those 7 p.m. days, it, those were some those were some dark days for my soul and for Ross and everybody. But there's also the pre-any service thing that I feel like you specifically have that you could talk about. It'd be interesting to hear about, like, that deep down fear ain't nobody going to show up today. And that wow. also is vulnerable. That's also my dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's probably yeah. not—you're not the only green room personality that feels that way, that, hey, today's a day. Nobody uh, comes. <laughs> I mean, the number of times I have walked out and been like, no one's showing up today. Yep. There is that sense of, like, loneliness in it. Yeah. And when you're the preacher, there's that loneliness of, like, they're just looking at me for 35 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like or for if you're me, forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're 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 looking at you by yourself, and even the band piece. Like there's still there's still some like we're in this together. Yeah. Even if you're front person, yeah, it's that preaching component, and you've written something brand new that week. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you even know if it's good. Yeah, I really don't know yep. if this is good. Yep. I just know that I believe it, 
and that the Bible says some stuff in it, and I hope that this stuff <laughs> resonates. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I've had those moments of real loneliness where you're about to go up, and you're like, no staffs in the front row. There's no mm-hmm. one here that I really know is— because you know the church is for you, but also you know the church wants something from you. Yeah. And it's hard for someone to be for you when they want something mm-hmm. from you. You know, like that, that's a hard place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's that, I just, I've gotten, in some ways, I was telling Lauren last night, it's funny, but we, I don't want to think about this conversation, but I was telling Lauren last night, like, I don't really get nervous anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to get nervous. Oh, bro. Every time. <laughs> Every time, you know? So th- th- I think that's, that's where the, the green room piece is. It's that, like, mixture of triumph and vulnerability, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, and it's all unknown. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And at the Stone, we have this, like, Today is going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And you get done, you're like, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> now, now what do we do? Next Sunday, baby, ramp it up, you know? So, Well, there is, and I think I've seen the wisdom of the, the name, buddy. Nice job, Mitchell. Yeah, of, thank, of, you, thank you. Till I saw today the actual artwork for it. Yeah. I was like, Shout out oh. to Nick Galliban. There's like a testing to it yeah. of the green room. There's yeah. like this anticipation, the be- before and after. It's also a floor plan. Hmm. So oh, when you see a floor plan— like, think of the You're door. So artsy. Hey, man, I, again, <laughs> collaboration, Nick Galliban. Look, I almost went to art school. Attaboy, Nick. Yeah, Fun fact. Did. Yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, Nick Galliban, uh, also my uh, LTG accountability <laughs> partner for those listening who have no idea what these acronyms are. I'm sorry, but. I choose them more often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nick's incredible. And yeah, the branding, even thinking about strategy, trying to hone in on what is my gut telling me to do like Nick was able to help me unpack some of those things. He did such a great job at just kind of getting at what the heart of this should be. Um, I think we were just talking about green room stuff and vulnerability. I feel like me sometimes as a church leader, one of the things my old pastor, Dusty Thompson, uh, our redeemer in Lubbock would say, yeah, man, he's such a good dude. Uh, he, he would talk about this, uh, uh, what, what is it, Monday Monday morning quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, where you're just assessing all the things you did wrong in the yeah. sermon before and all the people's names you forgot in the lobby. And, and I, he, he would talk about that. And then I, I remember going through their class. He would, he, he would talk about this thing called imposter syndrome. And he opened up and began, began to just let us in on how he feels that sometimes yep. as a church leader. Yep. Mm. And I feel like that's what... I feel I resonate with that so much, especially right before I go out to whether it's proclaim the word of God or try to help people connect to community or or even helping students fight sin, thinking about their life uh, as not their own. I think about, man, what about all my flaws, all of these things that I struggle with in my own life? And we can all come to this conclusion saying that, man— like, there are some ways that we wish we were better, more mature, mm-hmm. more adequate in ways. But the, the cool thing about the gospel is that, man, we are adequate despite yeah. our failures, despite yeah. uh, where we're starting at, despite what we've done in our past. And so that's why it's okay for us as leaders to be mm-hmm. vulnerable. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that idea of this imposter syndrome is something that we can all relate to. It would be really good to have a podcast like this to talk about some of those things and let people in, let people in the room where we talk about these things yeah. with each other uh, so that college students wouldn't feel so alone. You know, one thing that this is like more meta about the podcast, as, I, as we're even talking about the room, the title, mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's the negative view of Green Room where it's like the, you know, detached from actual people, 
you know, VIP sort of mentality, like like mm-hmm. celebrity culture kind yep. of piece in, in church. And then there's the vulnerability piece of it. So I think it'd be interesting for us as we're thinking about like even talking about the name mm-hmm. to people and, and, and recognizing like this, it's meant to be a capturing of this sort of mixture of vulnerability, but not replacing what's true and, and being courageous. This is actually the moment where the people who lead you are the most pe- like vulnerable versions of themselves, mm-hmm. right? At one level, I want to not need it. Mm. And another level, you're like, it's nice to have 10 minutes to get your brain ready for what you're about to do, yeah. right? But then you're like, should I even need that? Mm. Back to the imposter piece, mm-hmm. you're like, shouldn't I just be so full of the spirit that I can just like go seamlessly from like mm. interacting intensely with the person one-on-one <laughs> and then move immediately into like preaching a sermon or, mm-hmm. or leading or whatever capacity I'm yeah. in? And I do think it recognizes the like limitations of any one person, yeah. right? Like, you actually need space to get ready for the next thing. And you're like, did Jesus have a green room? I'm like, I don't know. He wants to, <laughs> we, we went to Mount Top by himself to pray. Yeah, so yeah. that's Jesus's green room. But I think there's a there's an interesting way to view it as as the the prep for what it means to be human. Because to stand in Jesus's spot mm. is not something that any human being should do in a cavalier manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why it corrupts people. Dude, when you lead people, when you lead people, no matter the context, you are standing in Jesus' yeah. spot. Yeah. That's his spot. This is his people. This is his counseling session. This is yeah. his church. This is his mission. This is his evangelism. It's his. Yeah. And so when you stand in his spot, to go into that without much thought or prep or prayer, mm-hmm. it's just that's why so many people fall. Yeah. Because you can't I can, you can't I can't bear that weight, mm-hmm. you know? So all I'll say is I'm liking the idea mm-hmm. more and more as we talk about it because again, I have felt guilty for needing it. Because mm-hmm. I want to be so good. And so godly that I don't need it. There's so much baggage mm-hmm. for the term green room for me because I don't want to cu- communicate special VIP status. Right. But I do want to communicate real people who could use five minutes to get their mind right mm. for serving you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's a strange combination of, of those two things. Mm. Do, do you have a moment where you felt like you were you were like, I'm an imposter? Like, do you, do you have a distinct moment? Oh, my where goodness. Like, 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 an act, like an anecdote where you're like, yeah. dude, I, was, I feel like an imposter right now. Yeah, uh, every every time I preach a sermon, every time, every time, it's not that I'm nervous, okay, because I don't overthink it. I'm like, I did all the prep I could. <laughs> I can't do any more other than oh, this. Oh gosh, um, I want to be you. I, that sounds amazing. <laughs> hey, some sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it absolutely doesn't. Um, but but there are different moments where I feel like as I'm prepping for a sermon to give to people, especially when it comes to things like like talking explicitly about repentance. Mm-hmm. Like it's like every single sermon I taught in my first uh, year of being a college director in Lubbock, it was on the Sermon on the Mount. And we were doing the Beatitudes. And I just remember we just could not escape like teaching our students from the pulpit how to repent. Yeah, And... I remember uh, from there, and and it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm yeah. glad that I I feel this way. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like I'm, I'm up here encouraging men and women not to sin, when I know I sinned. Yeah. Like yeah. I know of my sin that I did right before I came out on the stage. Maybe, maybe it was a thought. Maybe it was an action. It could be whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in, in those times, I definitely feel like, man. Aren't I supposed to be someone that's not a sinner? And I know that's a weird question, but like in, in our minds, I know our theology doesn't say that, that we're, yeah. we, we say that we're all sinners. We affirm that in the yeah. Bible, mm. 
But at the same time, I'm like, shouldn't I not be sinning before I go out on a stage or as I'm prepping for yeah. a sermon or as I'm thinking about how to help this small group go through this study or whatever? Those times where I feel like an imposter, I, I felt it especially in a moment where I have hidden sin that I haven't yep. even confessed yet. Yep. That's when I really, really, really feel it. And it's the loving nudge of Jesus saying, mm. man, confession of your sins like is healing. Yep. Like that is literally something from my word. Uh, and it's reminding me that, man, without Jesus, I truly am an imposter. Mm-hmm. I truly am. Yep, yep. Uh, but I'm covered by his blood. I have his identity as a child of God, and that can't be taken away from me. So that should free me up to repent. So, But yeah, I still definitely feel it. Uh, I feel it most often, I think, because I, I don't I don't get to preach as much as yep. I did on a yep. stage. Yep. And I guess you don't either. All our preachers aren't uh, getting to preach as much. But, but yeah, especially in those moments. That's when I feel the imposter syndrome the most. There's something about calling people to righteousness and to a standard that is matches God's that, candidly, you have to either have dealt with your stuff with, with actual grace or you. that's where people—I mean, I, honestly, I'm seeing it. Like, everyone, because there's been such a lack of empathy for so many people, mm-hmm. empathy is becoming the thing yep. that is the defining characteristic, hmm. right? And I'm like, I hope— I hope that is because we're so spirit-filled, we're learning how to do that with truth. My fear is that empathy is the new code word for none of us are striving for righteousness anymore. And so I'm not going to call you to nothing because I'm not calling me to nothing. Mm And so it's it's my my little thing of Bonnie and Clyde. You're like, listen, if we're both robbing banks, we're not going to tell on each other, right? Yeah. So if if you're sinning and I'm sinning, let's mm-hmm. just focus on everyone resonating and not anyone actually ascribing to anything greater than themselves, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's what's interesting about where we're at, especially for our college students. And I rarely get questions or push on, are we speaking truth? I get a lot of push and questions on, are we being empathetic? And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing in and of itself. But my fear is, like you said, mm-hmm. no one wants to feel like an imposter because maybe no one's dealing with sin the ways they should yeah. and killing it the way they should. Because, I mean, I've been there. I've, I mean, I've yelled at Lauren. Me and Lauren have gotten in, like, blowout fights before on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. But it was those moments where I'm like, oh, that's why if you don't do re- confession and repentance over time, you're either going to have to be overly domineering for people mm-hmm. and force them to do things you would never do a la other religious leaders in our country who just fell, right? Yeah. The most stickler people either either are secretly doing the same thing themselves or they're the biggest hypocrites and Pharisees you can imagine. But when you actually do the thing you call people to do, because so, this is how I think you fight the imposter syndrome. Yeah. If I'm actually striving after the same things you are, then I'll be more gracious when I call you to it because I know how hard it is. Mm-hmm. But also I won't let you not follow after because I know how good it is because I've experienced it myself. And it's that, that Proverbs 28, 1 of the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues. And it's the whole idea is if I'm doing the thing that I'm calling you to, I'll be bold. Yeah. If I'm doing the same stuff, I'll be scared even when there's no army there, even when there's no threat. And so I think that that imposter thing is such a Christian experience. And it's only a gospel that believes, like you said, in repentance and faith. You know, it's both. That's the only way to overcome it. Yeah. Because honestly, we have so many young Christian leaders who are struggling with sin like literally every other Christian leader they've ever talked to, but because the grace they have isn't big enough or they're not tasting it, mm. then you're going to roll. Because I'd roll too. If I don't have grace, then 
then I, I'm not going to keep preaching faithfully the text because I'm going to have to bend the text around my life mm-hmm. to make that's sense good. of me, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's where that imposter piece is like, it's a really healthy experience, but I, I'm worried, genuinely worried that we're going to be a generation of people that has no vision anymore. Mm. Cause the vision is just for you to be you where you're at. Well, that's not vision. That that's recognition, right? That's recognition of where you are. There's no vision of a future for that. So where do we go? If I'm just going to be me forever, like and I'm like I, I, the Bible says, he's trying to make me an image of Jesus, not image of me. So I don't. I need to change. <laughs> that's the whole God's whole plan is making me different. But I, I think that's that's the piece we like need to help people see is like, well, what does it mean to be both? You know what I'm saying? Because we kind of it's kind of the two tensions. We're like, do you aim for truth and vision, or do you aim with empathy and resonance? Yeah. I'm like, there's got to be a third way. Mm-hmm. But it's so much harder for leaders to, to go down because it means you got to do stuff. Yeah. I'm like, it means I can't just sit in a green room. It means yeah. I, I, I got to go do stuff and be the leader I want to be. So, Scott, yes. we, we have Scott Heckman here. Yes, He's sir. our executive pastor oh, for yeah. the downtown congregation yeah, at yeah, the yeah. Austin Stone. If you guys are listening, if you've ever met Scott, he's this tall dude with a ponytail. He's probably standing at gym doors, and he's going to reach out. Maybe, I mean, maybe not shake your hand nowadays, but <laughs> he's going to give you a fist bump or a, or a good wave oh, from yeah. uh, six wave. feet away. Yeah. And he's going to be like, hey, what's up, blank? And he's going to try to guess your name <laughs> yeah. off of the first time he like met you. And Scott, what would you say your batting percentage is on on, a, on a good week, we're sitting at like 60%. Okay, that's that's really good. Uh, All fame, baby. On a, on a bad week, we're, we're more like 50-50. Okay. Yeah. Fifty-fifty. That's yep. th- that's still not bad. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't know if we should use uh, batting averages for how to get people's names. <laughs> I, I, I don't think the normal is thirty percent of best names. compliment you can give somebody is by remembering their name. Yeah. And I know to do that, you gotta hey, invulnerable. Hey, hey, you you gotta take hey, some swings and misses. For real though, like what's what's your code name for? Like hey there, big fella. <laughs> like 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 what's your hey there, bro? Oh, it'll be Bud for guys. You always say bud. Uh, and friend for girls. Mm. Hey, friend. Hey, girl. Very appropriate. Yeah, you usually am to a friend. <laughs> yeah. And for, for dudes, yeah. Hey, bud. How's it going? Sir, if it's somebody who looks my age or older, I'm going to say sir for sure. You've never once called me sir. <laughs> no, you're not older than me. <laughs> I, I ask that because one of the things I really try to do well with being the leader of our college ministry is get names right. It's like something I have to think of all the time because it's like you have this window oh, yeah. of students trying to check out the church. And we have a pretty big church. A lot of yeah. college students come to our church, so it's easy to feel lost. Yeah. And what students really want is somebody to just remember their name. Yep. And you'll probably get them back that second time. But in the times that I haven't, uh, in, in the times that I've like basically gotten students' names wrong, yep. man, I feel crushed. Mm. Like, I feel this incredible weight because I'm like, man, this was maybe their first time back at a church for, yep. for maybe a second time or a third time. It's also their faces, too, that kind of make me, like, just really sad and crushed. I don't know. How how have you just kind of dealt with that? Have you ever had to have any awkward oh, just dude. conversations oh, because you I forgot can't, someone's I name? I can't even count. So, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, taking a little pit stop here, what do we have? 2,000? Adults, for sure. sure. Like even on a low week, walk by gym doors and I'm trying to greet as many of them as I can. So just in my defense, 
I'm saying, you know, 50% of the yeah, names that I'm aiming for, I'm just saying it's, there's a lot of names <laughs> oh, in the old, so the old funny. piggy bank up yeah. here. Um, and, and yet I do have a note that I'm just constantly trying to take notes and, and remember people's names. Cause I truly believe that if you can at least meet somebody there, Hey, this is a starting place. You give me your name before let's, let's start there. You can build on that. It's a, it's a foundation. And yes, I'm putting myself out there, but I would rather, and I love that. I love the way I've seen that modeled at the stone in, in leadership of just, hey, leadership is to be the people that take the first step of initiation. And so mm. I'm wanting to do that. Do you remember the the compliment Marcus Dawes gave to I you? I do. That was that, that Marcus was Dawes there. came to me. One time he literally told me, he's talking about downtown as a whole. Mm-hmm. He, his, his, in his brain, downtown is Scott Heckman welcoming people at the doors. Mm. I was like, that's a really cool thing that he thinks about. Of all the things you could, you could associate that large church with, you associated that particular person. And I think there's something cool. too. There's an optimism. There's places where, where it's long-term. There's just a trait about me. And I, I feel... I feel pretty pessimistic. Like I just, if it's tomorrow or after, I'm like, it's probably going to go bad. I'm thinking of the threats and the, mm-hmm. the ways things are going to go bad. If it's today, I just, I mean, it's easy to stay hopeful. And those conversations where I'm like, I could find, I, I genuinely believe if I talk to you for 30 minutes with, with the spirit of God living in me, like we're, we're going to have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. We're going to have fun. And if I have your name, that's my way in. Um, man, that's, that's, that's so huge. I, I've been so grateful for the college students who will think, think about things like that, man. There's so many people you meet on a Sunday and stuff. And I, I love it when somebody's just recognizing like the amount of weight, even remembering a name like brings. Uh, So I'm super thankful for even the college students and the partners of our church, attenders of our church that are like, man, I really appreciate that you even try to remember my name. I think that's way more yeah. often the case yeah. where yeah. I have somebody say, hey, you guys, much grace as you need because I totally cannot imagine how hard that would be. So, yes, big shout out to those who, who feel that. Yeah, that's just the definition of empathy right there because especially if you have a history of being hurt by the church, oh, yeah. something like that could really just yeah. put you off. But obviously that's not our heart. That's not our intention. If we were able to remember every single name by some act of God, we just had that type of memory, yep. man, we would do it. Yeah. But it's like, man, we we don't have that capacity. Yeah. But the cool thing about that is that Jesus knows every single person's name. Yeah. Yep. Not only that, he knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Yep. He knew our names, the number of hairs on our head, even before our parents knew our names. That's so good. that's that's a really beautiful thing to fall back on because I, I, I'm still – when you were sharing that story, I was like shaking because <laughs> I was like, man, that's not – Mitchell, you, you, you've you got, gotten me thinking. I think that's a better answer next time. <laughs> you know, I don't remember your name. Yeah. But Jesus does. Jesus does. <laughs> oh, I'm going that that's, what, yeah, that's right. Listen, Jesus knows your name. He would never forget. I don't think he would. But <laughs> I, just from my, my limited knowledge of him, I think he for sure knows your name. So a lot of people are probably going to ask, why the green room? Why this name? I know we talked about it a little bit. And so why the green room? So one of my favorite resources, dictionary.com, played off of the Google <laughs> nice. search, says that the green, room, time. <laughs> the green room is in a theater or studio in which performers can relax when they are not performing. Obviously, that sounds like, yep. okay, we're on preachers and sneakers. We're going out there, <laughs> throwing confetti up. We're going to have uh, we're gonna have all the big lights and all that stuff. But no, actually, we meet at Austin High School usually when it's not COVID. Oh, yeah. 
and we set up and tear down every Sunday. So uh, nobody's getting rich over here. Um, <laughs> so just so you guys know uh, that are listening to this, if this goes out. Uh, but yeah, the for, for us in the church world, the green room is where leaders go before they go on stage to lead their church in worship, to lead their church in a time of prayer or in the word. So we thought of many names. There were many so names. So many names. Gosh, I was talking to Nick about this towards the end, and I was like, dude, I just need to pick a name. And Nick was like, it's kind of like naming a baby. It's like, if you— We named the baby Green Room. (laughs) (laughs) Nick was like, it's kind of like naming a baby— if and I was like, man, I I'm not married, so I don't have I don't have any input idea into that world. But apparently, that's a really stressful topic. Can be, yeah, yeah. More depending right there, on baby. depending yeah. on the couple it's of the a family. Familiar feeling right um, now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every everybody gets emotionally attached to this name that they think would be good, especially even if it's just a wife and a yeah. husband. It's like you're attached to this name, this idea. So at the end of the day, I was just like, man, we we got some good names on the table. There could have been something we could have come up with originally. Some people on our staff threw out IRL in real life. And I was like, man, I don't know if I want an abbreviation. We thought of Focus College because that's something we do as a congregation for downtown at the Austin Stone. That's an event we already do where we talk about tough topics. We thought about VUCO. I know that was kind of me and Nick kind of brainstorming. VUCO. I VUCO, never heard of that V-U-C-O, one. V-U-C-O, Vulnerable Conversations. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, <laughs> we even thought about the name Following Jesus, but that was just like a uh, no. But this <laughs> one stood out, even though there are tons of similarities out there for the name Green Room. Obviously, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you have found the right green room for a college at the Austin Stone. There are a bunch of other ones out there that may not talk about Christian things. So continue to come to this one, subscribe, do all the things. But here's what the green room is for us. The green room is a space where leaders from the Austin Stone invite college students in to have vulnerable conversations about relevant topics. So we're going to talk about a lot of things in this season. Obviously, it's an election year. Yeah, uh, we are. It seems like we're on a train approaching November. I have no idea what's going to happen. Also, COVID is still happening. We're still in the yep. middle of a pandemic. Also, that was a big reason why we wanted to do this podcast because, man, we don't have many interactions like we did on Sundays in the lobby. We don't have as many interactions before or after events with our people. So, especially in this time where we have all of these hot button issues coming up in our culture, we want to create a space where our college students, people who go to the Austin Stone, can just kind of lean in, listen in to us actually talking about this in a real vulnerable way. Yeah. So this is kind of why this podcast is happening. This is why this matters to us. So we're going to be talking about a bunch of different things. We're going to be talking about race. We're going to be talking about politics. We're going to be even talking about things like anxiety. And so much more, man. I don't, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether this is gonna go out or not uh, because I'm like, should I say that? Yeah, um, give yourself a beat, yeah, and then, and then you can choose. <laughs> I'm really excited for uh, some of our other podcast episodes where we're just gonna be talking about regular things like do romantic relationships like are we obsessed with romantic relationships? I'm excited to have Jamie Ivy on that podcast. Okay, so Tyler, you're gonna be on every single episode. Yeah. For you guys who are listening in. That's what I'm doing. I'm here to ride the the Mitchell Johnson coattails. Man, for you guys listening, if you don't know Tyler, uh, he's an incredible 
person. He is our congregation pastor for the Austin Stone. Uh, way back in the day, he was also the college— oh, yeah minister for oh, yeah. the Austin Stone. So yes, he, he had was. my position. Oh yeah, I, I've heard all of these uh, really <laughs> funny, incredible <laughs> stories uh, of Tyler uh, as he was leading that. And then God called him to just lead the entire congregation, which is super cool. Uh, but Tyler, what are you most looking forward to about this podcast for our college students? Because that, they make up nearly half of the church that you pastor. Yeah. Yeah. What are you excited about when it comes to this podcast and the opportunity for our college students? I'm most excited for college students to get a sense of what faith feels like, to get a sense of, because when, you, when you're in college, oh, everything's in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's no one dreams bigger than college students, no one, because you haven't had your life smashed yet. So mm-hmm. you're like, listen, I could do anything. And you turn like 30, you're like, I can do a couple of things. And you turn 40, you're like, I can do one thing. So it just, you just, over time, life has this way of limiting you. But college is this sweet time where in some ways you can still kind of be whatever you want to be. And I remember someone gave me this line a long time ago about just young leaders in particular is you don't know what you can't do yet. Mm. And that makes your potential incredible. And what I would love for this to be is an opportunity for faith to flourish both in a substantive way and an aspirational way. Mm. Because often the Christian life feels a lot different than what what it seems like when someone preaches a sermon. It feels a lot different than what it seems like when you watch a hype video. And in a time and place that is obsessed with fame, the process is the most fun part of being a Christian Mm -hmm. because it's the process where you get to know people. It's the process where you get to know Jesus, the process where you get to be built up by the Holy Spirit in a unique way. And most young leaders aren't seeing process, they're seeing product. They're not seeing the process of what it means to become the man or woman you want to be in Christ. They just see the product on Instagram, and they're like, that's what I should be. And I'm like, that's not where the joy is. The joy is in the process of actually following Jesus and being in a church and loving other people and having hard conversations about race and working through gender dynamics and all the things that no one wants to talk about. Mm. That's where the like marrow of life is. Like that, That's where Jesus meets people in unique ways. And so what I want for college students is to say, man, we're not here. I don't want to put any sort of limitation on who God has made them to be. Yeah. What I want to do is I want it to be rooted in foundations that last. And there's a difference, right? I think people view foundations as limitations. I'm like, no, foundations is what makes you grow. You build off foundations. They don't limit you. But yeah, you can't have foundations everywhere. <laughs> you got to have foundations mm-hmm. somewhere. And man, what what I hope is that the sort of, and that, uh, that's why I love the green room title, the more we've talked about it, and the art for it is super hype. So that makes it even better. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea of it. The green room is that moment where it's the triumphant sort of truths of the scripture mixed with the vulnerable nature of every human being. Yeah, That's all the green room is. This is why Sundays are so special, is it is really a Sunday, a day where we all go, what's most true? Not what do all of us feel the most? Because if, mm-hmm. if we only do what we all feel the most, it'd be songs all over the place. Yeah. We, we wouldn't sing things like Jesus is better. We'd be like, I don't know. But the song would be, Jesus may be better. <laughs> that, 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 that'd be the song of many of our hearts, right? Yeah. But we don't sing that. We sing Jesus is better because we want everyone to remember, hey, remember, that's what's true. But you have all these people walking in who don't think that. And the green room is no different for everyone who gets on a stage. Mm. It is this moment where I want to take the most true, precious things in the universe and lay them before people, even when me as a real human being struggle with the very things that I'm going to preach or say. Mm. But that is the Christian experience. That, that's where leadership in the church is just the Christian experience kind of put on steroids. 
but it's not different in substance. It's just, it's a unique expression of it. And so I think what I hope happens is college students are able to go and remember that everyone they look up to, literally everyone they look up to, doesn't matter who it is, was a college student like them who didn't know what they were going to be or do. No one's five-year plans ever work. And they just wanted to follow Jesus faithfully. And so that, that's what I want, is, is I want to demystify what the process is, and I want people to love the process of following Jesus with people and not just the product of what they imagine it will produce in them. I'm like, no, no, the process is where life is found, and that's where you get to have all, all the real substance of the communion with God, and that's what I want, is for people to know God is actually better and all that he brings. So if, I'm, if I was going to say what, what my hope is, that, that'd be my hope. That was really good. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, the, my biggest takeaway is that you like the title now. I'm so. all, bro. I can't tell you how all in I am now because it took us about an hour of conversation to be like, I love it. I'm all in. <laughs> this so is basically great. why I did this. <laughs> yes. This is why I brought you guys here today so I could Success. convince Tyler. Inception this is, complete. Yeah. This is my pitch. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tyler, I totally agree, man. I hope that our college students or if if you're a college-age man or woman in Austin, Texas, that you would see through this that church leaders aren't these type of kind of people who are invulnerable to doubts, yep. invulnerable to hard things, like our faith gets shaken too. And I hope that through this podcast that we would have a good number of students say that, I think I trust the church for the first time in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really hope that that's what comes out from this podcast. That's cool. I, let me say, think of one thing I'm just thinking about, but I'm just seeing for the people who want access to, because I think that is that is a great why, people who want access to the sort of cape is off moment with their leaders, I think that's a cool why for this podcast. But I think, too, there's there's even the, like, through what a, the green room is is pointing to or shows us and embracing limitations. I'm like, there's an accessibility then in that point of vulnerability after that to even the dorm room and even maybe those who are college age who are married and or have roommates in houses, the kind of like moment before the the folks come over in my community group. Mm -hmm. That's very similar. Oh, yeah. Or the debrief right after that feels very like the pressure's coming the oh, pressures yeah. is good. here, yeah. and and yet, how, the, how did Mitchell deal with that? And mm-hmm. how did Tyler deal with that? And how did Shanda deal with that? I think those are ways to not just kind of make sense of heroes and heroines they look up to, but even like, oh, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. This is how I'd apply it in my own green room, so to speak, at home. That's dude. That's good because in some ways, the the green room concept is the pressure you feel feel as God's will is approaching you. And it's the it's the letdown afterwards after it's passed. Yep. And it's it really is like, that's what it is. Like it, it really is like that moment of impending sort of fear and pressure. Yeah. And then the release of that fear and pressure after the moment's passed and everyone leaves your house. I'm thinking about like literally every group I've ever hosted, I like fear it every time before yeah. it happens. I'm always like, oh, this is going to go bad and I'm not going to like it and all the mm-hmm. stuff. And you get done, you're like, that was amazing. Or you're like, oh, that was as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or, or no one showed up or I've had that feeling. You have a group and, like, nobody – two people are like, I'm here. Everyone else is like, I had to bail. Sorry. You know, like that. And that really is what it it typifies is that sort of – those moments. That's that's a – that's you. That's good. 
I think even before you do the breakup, you're with your roommates. You're talking about do I do I do do I break up with her? Yeah, that's a green room. Or do, him. do I not? Or him? That's right, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> that's good. Dang, that would have been a good episode title too. Do I break up with them? <laughs> Dang. Hey, we might throw in a bonus episode for y'all. Should I break up with them? Anyways, uh, thank you for tuning in. Go ahead and subscribe to the Green Room Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for being our guest in the Green Room. Remember, if you want more vulnerable conversations, then share, like, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at college underscore Austin Stone. See you next time.